Welcome to the Queen Divas, Queens of Fitness podcast. Join your hosts, three-time WBFF world champions and WBFF royalty, Alicia Gowans and Stephanie Ayala McHugh, as we explore all things female health, training, competing, mindset, and living the fitness life every day. All right, so welcome everybody to episode six of the Queen Divas podcast with Stephanie and myself. We are super excited to have on board today the beautiful Zenia Wood. For anyone that doesn't follow me, you missed out on seeing this gigantor of a human who's like, she's got, we were just joking about this offline. She's got her chair like, I reckon, half a body lower than mine so that we're at least at the same height because normally I come up to her hip. Like not even joking. No joke. Seriously, when I mentioned her, I looked right up. She's a huge human. <laughs> the bottle set up for you is like where I finish it's my It's so rent. funny. You're like, seriously. And then I'll walk in sometimes, look at the barbell, I'm like, that is clearly not for me because I can walk underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Zen has come on today and I was super excited because, as I said, anyone that hasn't followed me um, forever or known of Xenia in my own journey. She's one of my coaching team as a specialist in, in my own personal journey, but she's also one of our coaching team for our business. And she's honestly reputably well known now too, which is great as being what I believe one of the best in her field. And this is the main reason why I started working with her many years ago now when she was much more junior, but I could just see where she was going and, and how she was going to become, um, you know, in this industry and in her field. She's an absolute true specialist when it comes to all things rehabilitation. She's the founder of Swift Movement Academy, um, which has moved into a whole coaching academy now. And I've watched this blossom and grow into a whole mentoring program. Like she's kicking some serious ass taken names. Like I love watching it happen, but she is basically the queen of um, exercise rehabilitation in particular, musculoskeletal conditions. And what I love about her and the reason I've always keep coming back to Xenia, it doesn't matter what stage of, you know, my life prep off season, on season, Xenia is a part of it all is because she is primarily focused on creating pain-free movement but most importantly, where it is integrated into ongoing training. So this will be the topic of our conversation today because we talk about this all the time where people think, I'm injured, okay, can't move now, better sit on my couch, better just treat my inflammation <laughs> and I'll see you in six months worse than I am today. Like that's clearly how it is for a lot of people. And what I love about Zen is Zen will, and this is, this is my first ever experience with her, when I walked in and went, I, I, I is a little broken, <laughs> but I don't want it to be. <laughs> and I still need to get on stage in what was it? It was like 14 weeks or some shit. This is when she yeah. first started working with me. And it was, and we need to be able to do all these things, increase my range and stop my pain. <laughs> and most people will probably go, that's for, for a stage. Pro probably impossible. And then he was like, yeah. Hey, <laughs> Meanwhile, low-key, I was shitting myself. <laughs> And that was like the first like high profile class I had and I was like, yeah, yeah, I can do this. No worries. <laughs> yeah, you even flew, you even flew two worlds because I remember did. meeting yeah. you. Yeah, we I developed she, well, she was very successful at gaining my trust, which you know, as anyone who knows okay. me knows, I'm a hard taskmaster when it comes to picking specialists to work with because I'm quite fussy on it, right? And she 
for all intents and purposes, was quite junior in her career at the time in the sense where she was, you know, a few solid years under her belt, but not like she was, you know, in her 30s or anything at the time. But um, I've loved being part of her journey and watching her grow because she does a lot of that on her own. Like she's, I love that she would come traveling with me and I would catch her outside of somewhere because I'd be in another meeting or another treatment and she'd be up against the wall, either doing her headspace meditation or she'd be flicking through journals <laughs> and reading research. And I'm like, this is my kind of bitch. Like Girl, actually, yeah, quite honestly. So exactly right. <laughs> grown this over the course of time, but I love her mainly because she stays in her own lane too. And it's like, I'm an expert in this field and she'll understand, trust me, all the other stuff that are the moving parts that make up that whole vehicle, but she doesn't try to run anyone else's path. Um, and I think there's something else can be said for that. But before we get into anything, just yeah. this is our oh, yeah. thing we start the week with is we always start with our, what was our highlight of the week or big deal of the week or maybe biggest challenge of the week? What are we grateful for of the week? And what's our focus for the following week? So go, Zenny, you take the floor. Yeah. You're up oh first. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, highlight of the week is that we are, I've launched the start date for Coach's Mentorship, which is something that's for like literally years. Mm. But um, I finally just pulled my finger out and gone set a date for that. And we have... I think maybe three spots left until we're like fully booked for that. So that's my highlight. My challenge has been the fact that one of my staff members is away. And so I'm taking on all her clientele and also trying to do my job and run the business. And come on a podcast. And yeah. um, what am I grateful for? I feel like I just have like really good people and support networks mm. around me. And I just love that. Is I've got some really solid connections and you know like my close friends are just fucking good humans yeah it definitely makes a <laughs> massive impact when your circle's good right Steph what about you babe what's the week been like you know this week it got lighter here in Texas we're not seeing snow anymore that's yeah. once in a history obviously once in a lifetime that you'll see that here so no everything is like back to normal here in Texas I think Texas normalized itself after the snow um just because <laughs> they were we were all locked in again um so right afterwards I was even telling Karen like why is there so many people on the road like normally it's <laughs> COVID going on like people stay home and uh now it's like really full full blast the streets restaurants everything so Texas right now is rocking and rolling um but yeah no, that was that was really a fast week for me I've been super busy and back to back and you guys can relate when you're so back to back with clients and you can literally just pin in your sleep right like your eating schedule <laughs> and your training like I don't even get time to record and I think I always feel bad about that like I don't get to record you know my sessions or you know maybe put oh as much God. as I'd like you know because I'm literally back to back even with my workouts you know so yeah I'm time constricted so I've been very blessed I feel just staying busy um but overall I think that comes with my gratitude of the week too is just kind of feeling extremely busy and you know really blessed with work so <laughs> that's yeah, that's where I'll definitely leave my blessings for the week how about you Ali how was your week and oh look we had a great time away so the reason we didn't record last week was because <laughs> we're actually on an island that was quite exclu excluded from everywhere else really there's only sort of so many people that could be on the island so it was really quite intimate well we got there we didn't, way. it was oh. gorgeous it was gorgeous but we didn't realize that it was going to be probably dicey wi-fi connection so that's the only reason we didn't record last friday as usual but we had terrible weather 
<laughs> so really? you can't predict that. In Australia at the moment, we talked about this on the last podcast, you know, I booked this trip for Christos's birthday in September, but end of February was the very first vacancy that we could get into because everyone is traveling inside of Australia because we can't go anywhere. Yeah. Over and especially anywhere. Queensland yes. because we're pretty open in our yeah. state and it seems like we're the the safe state. Yes, the safe state. <laughs> so is that the is that the Florida in we're Australia? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're like land of the COVID free. So <laughs> actually, call so, yourself Texas. <laughs> yes, we couldn't get in anyway, and then when we could, so you booked ages in advance, and Crystal and I had this conversation. I don't think, note to self, my learning would be I would ever book a island or a beachside holiday ever that far in advance because you can't predict the weather. And so we had a cyclone come in off of the north of Queensland oh and then it all bled down through to the islands and we literally, we were pissed on. It was so dumping down on us the entire time. So we were in this gorgeous environment. We're in this great big villa right over the water up on like the cliff face. It was gorgeous, but you literally couldn't go outside. <laughs> because it was At least so you could see the other scenery. Uh, yeah. But we awesome. still, still had downtime. We still relaxed. It was, yeah, it was still... It was still exactly right, which was nice. Exactly, exactly. So happy with that. The other thing I'm super grateful for was the fact that I got my I got my last piece of assessment through for my postgrad. I'm on a 95% pass rate, so I'm super grateful that I've been able to COVID and I've had such a great outcome. Um, and my challenge for the week ahead is literally just getting back into a normal routine, normal structure, and Hell looping yeah. my next semester <laughs> of uni into that because. Now that we've been away, I'm kind of, I've had like two weeks out of uni now. So it's like, oh shit, I've got to get my head back in that brain of, right, this is my time. This is my schedule. So just getting back in that. And Zen and I were talking about this yesterday because I went straight back in. It's always the way. The minute I land in from anywhere, first place I go, literally either that day or the next day, Zenia, have a look at me. What's going on? Correct what are we doing? Please, yes. New program, new yeah. rehab focus. So I guess today's topic of conversation, we were bantering about this. And a pet peeve, we've brought this up many times because I'll send Xenia clients of mine and be like, you need to go see Xenia. I need Xenia in the middle of what we do because we need that part of this, you know, this whole journey. And Very important. the biggest thing we see is people come and they've had an injury or a mishap and they're told by a GP, don't do anything. You can't train. Rest, or like, rest for six weeks is the, is the classic. <laughs> oh, don't do anything. Don't do anything for six weeks. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I think I hear that I more than anything for any surgery, right? Like even yeah. it's not even just injury. Like I can compose surgery and they're always going to give you that six week mark. So I completely agree. And being able to find how you can work around these injuries and That's stay more. That's yeah. it. And then working through it. So we sort of talked about this. This is probably the biggest issue that we see is people will come or they'll come to Zen after they've already gone through that phase and then they're broken or they literally believe the MRI or the diagnostic that they're viewing is well that's now I'm messed up and I can't possibly do these things again mm -hmm. like we see that all the time so we wanted to come on and discuss this because rehab and training are not mutually exclusive mm -hmm. they 100% should feed into a similar integrate and then have progressions on both um, but you should never just take an injury or an MRI at face value and be like, okay, well, I'm out. Mm, there's so many on that. There's so many cases and scenarios in the research that say, like, and I say this to clients all the time because they feel like their MRI is their death sentence. 
and it's like this is what I've got so therefore you know I am my pain or my pathology and that's all they sort of uh, identify with but you, you know even in 20 to 29 year olds there are 30 percent of us who are pain free who have disc bulges currently yeah and it's like that's when you say that to people it's crazy, like right? it's like literally I could have one right now and I'm, yeah. I don't have pain I'm good I'm doing everything as I feel able to do yeah. and I'm not restricting anything and then people sometimes like and then so therefore one third of people who are getting sent for scans or whatever are getting a diagnosis but that's not potentially the reason for their pain and yeah. but they associate with it and then are fearful of movement and I find it's more yeah. harm than it is benefit like honestly mm-hmm. I think based on my own circumstances I believe without ever having a scan that I've bulged I just get my back three times and one was uh, diagnosed by a physio. And then I was like, you know, I've done this before. I sort of know what it feels mm-hmm. like. But I was like, I don't need the scan. I'll just treat it as if it is and feel how my body goes. And to be honest, I was saying this to a client the other day, the best rehab of my own disc bulge was the time when I went, you know what? If it's a four out of 10 pain or below, I'm going to keep doing everything the same and just keep moving. Even if it feels a little bit painful, like if I've got a position, I just breathe and move through it. And I, I honestly recovered to 100% within two weeks. Yeah. And the first time I was so cautious, didn't do anything. And it was the worst recovery. Yeah. And I think so many people can relate to that, Zinia, because they normally put less weight, right? Just because they're scared and they don't even want to go through the motion and you're supposed to be safe. But at the same time, if, like you said, if there's no pain raging above that four, I think that that's very doable for someone to still push some progressive load, right? And actually try to increase their weight, um, of course, smartly. But in your opinion, Zinia, like when someone's programming, you know, rehab with training protocols, of course, depending on their injury, um, how would you incorporate some daily mobility rehab work along with you know obviously a training protocol i mean irrespective of rehab that should be included yeah um because it's it's prehab or it's preventative or it's just general good healthy movement um and so like it's for us it's it's a non-negotiable regardless of where you're in in the phase of you know acute pain or not um but I, I think it's it's honestly, and the research is now coming out with this, and I'm so glad, but there is now a lot more voices saying, hey, movement is good, movement is necessary. And like, so my dad actually ended up in hospital from a bulge disc um, a couple of weeks back. And I was so, so thankful that the uh, ED nurse like was like, okay, yeah, like gave him some, some meds or whatever, but was like, okay, you need to go home and like make sure you keep moving. And I was like, thank God, like it's finally getting through. Like it's not everyone. And there are still some very traditional old school GPs who are going to tell you to rest. I think it's fear that that their insurance is on the line, you know, but they don't know either. It's like refer on, like GPs are the best at referring. So refer on to exercise physiologists. And I think, I guess that's, you know, our role as well to liaise with GPs and help them understand that better so that we don't have this really um, difficult relationship with um, the more, I guess, what you would classify as senior uh, medical professionals who um, tend to get taken more seriously than someone like myself because, you know, I only have an undergrad or, you know, I work in a gym and so therefore that, 
there's a connotation associated with that that I'm not as intelligent or that I don't know what I'm talking about when you've got someone who's got their doctor's qualifications but they've never lifted anything heavier than their pencil yeah, yeah. and, and <laughs> you know there's always something valid in, in what Zeni just said too is the fact that if you are injured and I always think that this is really a merit here and you're thinking about your sports specific realm I would 100% be looking at someone who understands that too like not just the injury side of it but actually the application yeah. of the use and the function of your body right because like there is no way that I'd walk into a basic physiotherapist studio or clinic or wherever if then the person that I'm you know seeing or that need to be treated by has no understanding about weightlifting Olympic lifting power-based movements no or way. sports if, no. like, if it's a clinic and it's sterile and you've got tens machines everywhere yeah. and ultrasounds and there's little closed curtains yeah, yeah. like so I, I would 100% be thinking about that if you are injured and there, and especially if it is in a sports-based, you know, situation, that's what I'd be looking for. And then even if I was general population, I don't play a specific sport, but I've got, you know, um, something that's limiting my movement in my life, I would still be looking to seek guidance and support from someone that's going to get me moving through it, not be basically telling me, hey, just stop and pull up, right? So, you know, what is probably the most common things that you see, Zen, that, um, biggest mistakes that people make the minute that something happens or in the gym and oh wow I feel that that doesn't quite feel right what's some of the biggest mistakes uh I guess th there's two ends of the spectrum right and we need to talk to the different populations so I think the athletes among us are going to go oh she'll be right and push through it too hard and then fuck themselves more yeah, but then you always. have yeah, right. yeah exactly this me. is you too exactly yeah. um not anymore and then, and then there's the the other end of the spectrum of the people who are just sort of, you know, doing exercise for fitness, for their life. And they're the types of people who go, oh, well, I guess I got to sit on the couch for two weeks. I have to stop immediately. I can't do anything. And I think that we need to realize that something in the middle is going to be yeah. best for both categories. And we obviously need to sort of hold back those athletes and go, hey, stupid, you're <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure you probably said that to me once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Anyone who yeah, we're gonna pull you back a little bit because this might get worse. Um, but then in the same token with the the general pops, I guess you could say, um, you need to to teach them to build it up. And and I think it's also um the understanding pain scales. So yeah. if we talk about yeah. like I guess the biggest mistakes, I think that people uh like any sort of pain's bad yeah but pain is an indicator and a warning sign and it's telling you something so you might need to modify or adjust but if you absolutely stop it's so much worse and i think so many people have been realizing this with covid with sitting more with yeah. working from home they're not even just doing their daily commute which includes walking and right. now they're like now i feel so sore but i haven't done anything and i'm like that's why so yeah and it also too you know just touching on that pain component and pain perception as well a lot of the times I think and we saw this in my initial injury way back at the beginning the body can if it's been in a state of pain around a certain pattern of movement or it or it associates because it's happened a couple of times that oh my god sneezing means this and you're going to hurt so it seizes everything up the minute that it feels the sneeze coming on mm -hmm. that was my example right 
the body will basically not allow you to do something or, or your brain will be telling you that you can't. And a lot of the work that we did was literally just teaching my body that a lot of these things were okay again mm -hmm. and that I could work towards these different levels of range, that I could sit inside of a certain amount of discomfort um, because it wasn't actually a bad pain. So there's the different types of pain. And on that as well, it's like, yes, you may get uh, up to a three, four out of 10 pain during the workout or during the exercise that mm -hmm. aggravates, whatever it is. But I think it's really important to um, look at what is your 48 hour window after that as well yeah. and what happens. That's more indicative. Like, do you peak and spike your pain levels yeah. after after exercise maybe then we've gone that that's i think a greater indicator of what you actually did in the session versus i have some clients who get up to that four or even a five during session but they are absolutely fine immediately afterwards and it's like okay like if you're comfortable with this and we've talked through it and yeah. we know that there's not going to be a residual flare-up and they're going to be able to move then we are okay to push in session in that. And obviously, you know, you have to um, have the prerequisite understanding and knowledge and yep. whatever to be able to do those things safely. So, you know, if you are fearful of this stuff, instead of stopping, find someone who will help yes. guide you through that. I think a lot of people just stop. They wait until they're out of that six week window yep. and then they go and seek someone and if they, they've lost six weeks. Yep. 100%. And usually, too, they've got bad patterns of movement because they are compensating in some way, right? And that's what you then see a lot of. And then you're trying to unravel bad habits, disassociate and anchor in your brain to body connection that something's, uh, don't do that, don't bend forward, don't touch your toes, oh, my God. God, like that's the way the brain talks to the body and it, it was doing it to me for quite a while so we had to delay and break away all of those things but it's a very common thing that I see and and then the other side of it is that it is that in the pattern of motion in the middle of something people will be like oh no nah, I just can't do that and they'll say I can't do that and it's that verbal cue of well there's my block and there's just no taking me past yeah. it and we see that a lot too but Zen's really good at kind of going, well, actually, I think you can. <laughs> I think you can do it to this point. And then she'll test the parameters of, of, you know, range and pain and perceived pain along the way. So I think you're right. You need to have someone that is well-versed in this, that you're comfortable with, that you can trust. And then you actually do need to understand what's safe, boundaries of pain and, and levels of pain because you can't just continue to play in what's comfortable because then you won't move past the mm. limitation that's even what I found with myself but then another thing too that I think is important is understanding that there will be progressions on all of this too so you can't just do like a set of exercises and rehabilitation day to day that takes you to this point and then you feel comfort and that's all good you have to then move beyond that and then guess what that might be be uncomfortable again for a little bit and that doesn't mean that you're broken again or hurt again or it's worse it means mm. you're progressively loading on something I right? like yeah I like to talk about it like um, a scale from negative 10 to positive 10 so zero is pain-free but it's also not performing or doing anything other than just living your life so um, when people are in pain they drop below that zero into the negatives mm. and so they're really their first goal is to get to a zero so that life is pain-free yeah. but then it's like people often tap out there and I think that's one of the biggest issues with rehab is that um, either the professional that you're working with doesn't know how to go past that and they don't refer on or um, you know you're not you're going okay I'm pain-free I'm done with this I can go back to doing all 
all the shit that got me here in the first place. Yeah. Um, but getting you from zero to positive 10, that's where the real journey starts. Like yeah. no one, very, very few people just want to live homeostasis, like just literally yeah. just surviving. And so we've got to make sure that, you know, the closer we get to 10, the further from injury we are. And so we're creating that buffer yeah. with, our, with our training, with our rehab. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Strength, right? Like that yeah. actually ties mm-hmm. into the hypertrophy of the muscle. You obviously rehab mm-hmm. your injury and you're able to start progressively getting stronger. And I think that's really important, even on the aspect of anybody that doesn't have an injury, just because rehab worked for me, my personal experience, I don't, and, and like you had a really bad injury. Allie, like were, I don't think anybody can really come back from that. And you were proof, right? Like I would have said, I don't know if anybody can do that again, you know? So you definitely <laughs> set that record straight. You know, it can be done. But in my case, I never had an injury that bad. It was always minor stuff, like maybe, you know, pulled, pulled, pulled muscle maybe in my calves, my ankle might've twisted a little bit. You know what I mean? Like I might've had a little little wear and tear there in my hip to where I do feel, you know, obviously some tightness. Um, I start getting knee pain. All these things from lack of mobility, lack of recovery, even of just yeah. And then there came also inhibiting me activating the muscles, right? Because so much fascia builds up, so much tightness builds up to where I wasn't really getting the most, you know, out of my sessions for special yeah. specific use. So for me, my personal experience is definitely came for anybody listening that maybe isn't injured, uh, you know, not really needing to. Prevent the injury. For them. Absolutely. Preventing the injury, but also increasing your range of motion, right? Like yeah. increasing your, your flexibility. That way you can <laughs> really fine. <laughs> so we can engage the muscles much better. So anyone that, you know, doesn't think they're injured or doesn't need it, you need it because I'm telling you, I did not start getting actually better with mind to muscle connection, uh, being able to obviously break down the tissues correctly um, until I was able to really get my muscles unlocked from each other. I had like my hamstrings tied up with my quads. Uh, my <laughs> psoas was locked up, you know, like it, it's all these things that inhibit you from being able to properly perform in, you know, obviously strength training. So um, yeah, Zinia, is there anything that you would recommend for anybody that's not injured, um, you know, to also, you know, incorporate with their training? Yeah, like, especially on that topic, like when you're talking about like locked out muscles and things, I think it's just that we don't know, or we've never moved through that range of motion before. So you must like, yes, you may have like a, a physical, like, I guess, not in the muscle, but realistically, those muscles are able to, they're, they're pliable, they're adaptable, they're made of soft tissue and connective tissue within the, you know, the tendons and whatnot, so that they are really yeah. able to be um, modified based on what you do, regardless. So, so whether you sit down and do nothing, they will modify to that. And they will be like, yeah, cool. We're really good at sitting at 90 degrees of hip flexion because that's what you get kept us doing every single day for the last nine months. But equally, like, I think, the thing that I see a lot of like a lot of people who do typical, I guess, gym workouts to build muscle is that they're actually not going through full range. Mm-hmm. So like, so you see people and, and, and the thing is, it's like, cool, you can do a hip thrust, but you go through like one third of the, the range of motion <laughs> of the glutes, or you can do like a single leg high box step up where you're in full hip flexion, full knee flexion, yeah. and then driving out of that. And we did yeah. we did a variation oh, the other God. day and Ali was like unable to walk out yeah. of the gym. Yeah. And it's like, there's a difference between stimulation and sensation. So sensation yeah. is like when you do your hip thrust and you 
feel your glutes are like really working, but you put them in their full contracted position. Like yeah. I flexed my bicep. I also feel that, but there's no load there versus exactly. going through full length. Right. And I don't mean just full elbow extension, but the bicep catches up onto yeah. the scapula. So you have to go into full like shoulder extension as well so that you can get the full movement. Amen, sister. God, yes. Yeah, speaking my language. <laughs> Yeah, so I think I think that's a big thing with like mobility is that we always need to be pushing for more strength through through range because most injuries occur at that last little stretch where we don't have the strength because at the very end of our range is where we're going to injure because our muscles are pulling really fucking hard and then it gets to a point where it's like I can't do this anymore and then it's now yeah and then <laughs> that's I've actually been injured so I relate to that what you said yeah. you're yourself, right you're pushing weight you you may not have that last little bit of strength and you know that portion of the rep and 100% like you nailed it that's exactly what's mm -hmm. happened to me when I have been slightly injured maybe pulled to tend to pull the muscle a little bit but it's because I didn't have the flexibility and range um yeah. so yeah amen sis on top of that as well like uh, what is it? I had a client, no, it wasn't a client. Some, one of my friends was like, oh, I think I've done something. I think I pulled a muscle. And then they immediately go to stretch it. And I was like, ah, hold on a second. Like, and it, it's like for us, but we laugh at it and it sounds so simple that like, why would yeah, you do that? But, but everyone does it. But just to explain it for people who are like, oh, but that's like, cause that's what people feel that they need to do. But if you think about it, if you've lengthened a muscle beyond its capability, you stretch it so much that it's, it started to tear then you're going to immediately stretch go and more. stretch it some more. <laughs> and it, needs, it needs contraction and you need to bring those muscle fibers back together. And so lightly, after you've injured yourself, obviously, you know, you just want to try and get back to normal movement and whatnot first, but you need some light contraction of that muscle. So whatever muscle is, is torn, whether it's your biceps, you do some light, maybe isometric, like just holding, contracting that muscle and getting it to really, yeah, blood flow. It helps with inflammation. Do not ice it. Yes, <laughs> actually, I'm glad you raised this. I was going to bring this up. Latest research has done massive amount of focus on the whole ice post-injury situation. Zen, you can talk to this. Yeah. But, um, don't ice an injury anymore at all. Yeah. I mean, if it's like so bad that like you're going to blow up like a bloody balloon and you're not going to be able to move, then the ice is great as an analgesic, which is pain relief. But beyond that, it is like a freezer. It yeah. is going to pause the process. Yeah, it's it not doesn't. going to help with your recovery. Yeah. It's not going to speed anything up. You may not want to use heat immediately in some of those scenarios, but let the body do its process yeah. and um, let the body move and continue to bring blood flow, which comes yeah. with nutrients to the area, which helps decrease. Like the inflammation process is a good thing in the short term, so long as it doesn't blow up to the point where you are so limited in your range. Yeah. 100%. Um, 100%. So, yeah, no more, what was it? Rice. Rest, uh, rest, ice, elevation. Elevation, elevation. Yeah, I did like a full. Um, if anyone's interested, I did a full blog on like literally the history of it, yeah. which was quite cool. Um, with Physio Network, and we're talking about um, it went from rice, and then they added an, another R. It was recipe, uh, yeah. rice, recipe, police, and there was all this like these different things, and and now the most relevant or up to date is peace and love. 
and uh, without going into the acronym, um, but they, they all stand for something. It's like protection, um, elevation, compression, and then it starts, it starts optimal loading. Yeah. So you start to load it and move yeah. it. But you'll notice in peace and love, there is no I because there is no ice. No, none, none. So I think that's a really fascinating thing because most general population people will not have come across this because they're not in research every day. But the minute that I saw that research, I was like, oh my God, I messaged her. She's like, I'm already all over it. This is like 2014, <laughs> so good. So, good. Um, so, you know, yes, no more rising, no more rising when it comes to the injury. But um, I find it fascinating though that, you know, there's not enough education out there too. So, as we are finding out more and more stuff, because there is more and more sports-specific science-based research being done. Thank God. Thank God. Um, on everything from, you know, strength and conditioning to rehabilitation to nutrition and touching on nutrition, actually, with injury for one moment, stop sitting in a fucking deficit. Oh, my God. You thank you. <laughs> stop sitting in a deficit. Don't worry. Don't do the whole, well, I'm injured. I'm not moving. So I'm going to cut my free right down. No, you're going to prolong the injury mm -hmm. and you will not be bringing enough nutrients to the area to be healed. You're not even bringing enough nutrients in for your normal day-to-day -day function. So you must be sitting in energy balance and have optimal energy availability for Absolutely. the tissue to be able to heal. So whatever you're doing, stop stressing about body fat for five minutes and let your body heal. So um, that would be my number one, my little number one in interjection. Yeah. So, you know, look, on this blueprint too, and we've talked about this um, a fair bit, you know, just with myself, understand as well that, you know, it doesn't become this process where you, you'll have an injury or there'll be a weakness or there'll be an imbalance or be something that's led you to this point where this has happened, right? And it should be then a, a discovery, a journey that you embark upon that is, okay, well, where and why? Where's the fabric? worn in my whole day-to-day -day function movement you know body where am i perhaps weak what's the weakest link how can i strengthen it but then i would strongly suggest that you don't look at rehab as this five minute thing and then when you don't feel any negative pain or anything anymore that's it you just stop and cut it out because it shouldn't be it should be an ongoing woven part of your new fabric don't just completely stop something because you all of a sudden feel a little better and don't think that it still doesn't have a progression from there because it does. And it is not mutually exclusive from your training process. Yeah. So realistically, it should be the backbone and underpin everything then that you do above and beyond that. Mm. Um, but you talk a little bit about our approach then and what minds look like to give everyone a bit mm. of an understanding because it's been Shit, you traveled to two world championships with me, across yes. the world with me a couple of times. Yeah. We would have been gone last year. Um, and, you know, it's never ending. It hasn't stopped. Like Xenia's worked with me on building foundations that have allowed me to power lift. She's worked with me on um, complete rehabilitation when I'm like pre and post cortisone injections into facet, mm. disc, nerve roots, all sorts of <laughs> injections everywhere in my back that you can possibly get injected. And then, you know, also worked with me on a couple of other areas like shoulders, elbows, like you name it. Um, mm. But it's never stopped. 
and it's always been a progression. Yeah, and I think that like, yes, you may need a more intensive period at the start when there's a new problem or injury or whatever that's happened, or you're addressing an old injury for the, f- the first time properly. Yeah. Um, so I think there does need to be a more focused approach that may be more rehab specific, but I, I just, I guess I want to clarify what rehab actually is because people often think it's like, you know, I, I get rubbed down or manipulated or whatever from a physio <laughs> and then I do my little bullshit TheraBand external rotation yeah. exercise for my shoulder yeah. which has no progression pathway which you do for two or four weeks or then you know you kind of don't know where you're going from there and then that's it and it's like cool how do I get from that to like you know overhead shoulder pressing my yeah. body weight or yeah. whatever it is that you you are working towards because that's a massive massive gap that's not being filled yeah. and I think that um we as exercise physiologists and in the exercise rehab space need to do better at getting people back to performing not yeah. back to pain free because pain free is well, pain is perceived in the brain so and everyone <laughs> perceives it differently and some people feel like they're fine and some people feel like they're you know their arms to fall off so (laughs) we have to make sure that pain is not our main determining factor but it's capacity and capabilities and I think that's also really empowering too because you can have someone who's working through things and it's a four or a six out of ten pain that I have some clients with I had a client come in with an eight and we worked him back to a six out of ten by the end of the session and that for him was massive because he was like literally like struggling he was like I didn't want to come today like I thought it was going to be really bad and I think that when we have rehab as a progressive integrated approach like Ali was saying that's our best outcome and it becomes prehab once it's not rehab anymore and there are always baseline markers that we check and recheck because they are our injury risk management prediction models I guess so you know if Ali can't get almost to the ground touching her toes we know like sort of where she is like some days it's been fucking above the kneecap where she can't get down and we know that that's that's our that's our range and that's where we're in and so we we work to build her back to that capacity and even if she's not in pain but she's still got a restriction yeah that needs to be addressed so it's not just pain is the only marker and sometimes you need to work with someone to know or figure out what your markers should be and this is where too you know like at the moment okay for argument's sake to give some perspective on this and some context you know i'll walk into zen's um area of office (laughs) which is like almost like picture like which is totally my vibe it's not a big commercial big box it's more of a very boutique semi-crossfitty semi sort of power based facility it's great it's kind of grungy it's kind of grungy it's right up my alley i really (laughs) dig it and so like i'll roll in there at the moment i've got no pain so i'm not walking in in pain anymore i'm not walking in with the neural pinch at the moment so thank god but what i am walking in with is just a little bit of frustration because I've got still tightened restriction in my left hamstring as a direct result of an SIJ1 disc issue. So for us at the moment, my whole my whole sort of focus and one of the biggest things that Zen's working on for the next sort of nine to 12 months is hip range, getting my hamstring to its full lengthened state. So mm-hmm. creating mobility and range in that hamstring. Now, if we can be achieving that, then I can execute all of my big compound lifts to full strength and power. Yeah. But I will have 
much greater reduction in likelihood of any kind of ongoing issues or nerve pinching because the nerve gets pinched for me, which gets me fired up, hot, red hot poker, can't move, can't walk in pain daily if I get a restriction in the movement of my hip. So so you're very, like, she's very onto it now in terms of like understanding if it's starting to restrict, even if there's absolutely no pain, she'll just do like a self check-in. And I think that's really beneficial. Like pre-session, maybe you need like three gatekeeper exercises to go, where am I at today? Maybe the weekend was a little bit sedentary and we sat at the computer all weekend or, you know, whatever it was. And so it's a check-in to go, this is where I'm at right now. Maybe I can't push to 90% of my load that I wanted to. Maybe I have to drop it back, but we are still moving. And with rehab as well, like, yes, they are integrated, but they're like, rehab and training should be almost synonymous. And I know that sounds a little bit odd for people who maybe haven't seen it or done it properly, but I think that, you know, like, my rehab program for someone is is a little bit of prehab focusing on some areas and then their their actual training program you have to modify load you have to make sure so you know her her rehab for hamstring lengthening might be like a jefferson curl that's loaded or if we could get there um or or it's like a b stance rdl where we can we can load that hip hinge in partial single leg for her and that is rehab slash training because they are and should be so embedded that you almost like ideally the clients think that they're training but you're putting in what they what they need in with what their goals are of hypertrophy or whatever so and so this is why we sort of really wanted to touch on this because most people think that they're one or the other they're never combined and they find rehab is this boring thing that they don't really want to do but the reality is you can sort of quickly see and when you're looking at anything i'm doing the the rehab component really is like a temperature gauge. Like I'm taking my temperature and assessing my, you know, my level before I start. And then I'm integrating stuff into the mix of what I do in my actual lifting. And it still has an objective, like whether it's we're in off season, I'm going for a performance-based power goal, then that's her objective. And she's scaling me in a certain way towards that. Or it might be purely aesthetic because we're coming into a stage like we were for most of last year, in, out, in, out, in, out. And it was constantly like hyper, 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 aesthetic, 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 rather than it being a power base, right? So again, I think that it's just understanding for everyone listening to this that they shouldn't be these two separate things. And if you're working with the right person, they won't be. And like when Zen's working with any of my clients, because I send everyone to her, even ones that are overseas, because you can do it all Zoom-based. And I'll be like, here's their programming zen comes in and will overlay or adjust or completely Mm. change a couple of days so that it has that formatted synergy and where it is you know completely symbiotic because that's actually how it should look right so if anyone's listening to this and they have an injury and it hasn't felt or sounded like this then you need a tall giraffe with bright color <laughs> in your life like I do. <laughs> and if not, you can find her at. Actually, tell everyone your handles while we're sitting here discussing this. Because if you do feel like you would like to have someone like Zenia, you know, look at you, she will do consult calls and Zoom calls if you are overseas. So it's worth tapping into her and booking something um, and just letting her have a look at and a chat with where you're at. Um, so tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, yeah, so uh, the business is Swift Movement Academy, and 
I'm located in Brisbane, but um, online, everything is Super Beauty Academy. Yeah. Been to your online IG page. So yeah, everything's with Movement Academy. The Instagram name, the YouTube channel, the website swiftmovementacademy.com or .com.au, they both lead to the same spot. Um, Facebook page. And then also we have a Coaches Academy, um, which you can join through. There's a link um, in my Instagram bio, but that's more for coaches who are interested in this sort of stuff and who want to start to um, learn how to better integrate with people like myself who may be, you know, you may be a personal trainer and, yeah. you know, okay, you're looking at this and you're like I don't know how to check the baseline measures what do I need but how do I you know liaise with these types of people so um and if yeah. you're if you're I believe if you're a great practitioner you have a solid referral network and if you are working with people external to your expertise they too should operate in the same format. And that's how you know someone's really great. And so what I mean by that is that the minute that I have someone where I'm like, yep, okay, that sounds to me like that, I can I can identify those things, but I can't diagnose. That's not my jam. I then have a, either a physiotherapist or sports doctor that will diagnose, but then I have, because they don't do the integration assimilation and exercise. that exercise component, that's where Xenia is, that part. So I literally have a sphere of excellence, I call it, and everyone in it is the top of their field and they are literally tapped on the shoulder by me the minute that I need them for a specific area. And then what's great about it is we all have very high level of open communication and I'm CC'd in on every level of communication between Xenia and my client as well and likewise with Zen. So every Everyone in everyone understands and knows exactly where that client's you know pathology, health, or progression is sitting at on, on any of the areas within which we're working with them on in health and wellness mm -hmm. or even sports specific, you know, um, performance. So if you if you're not working with someone in that manner, I would suggest reconsidering what what your what your structure is um, and if you are someone that is a PT on the floor with clients, then don't be afraid to ever refer your client to someone you trust and start building your trusted network now. Because if you don't, you're failing your client and you're also becoming someone that's operating out of ego and that is never going to get you, the client, or anyone the results that they want. Mm. This no, is really absolutely having a rehab person is more than yeah. me. Like even within our team, you know, like we have our own rehab specialist and like he yeah. works a lot with our local people here the same way you do Zinia, with our local clients. Because I think physically, obviously, you have that much more of an advantage <laughs> to be able to actually <laughs> so you guys heard my dogs in the background sorry <laughs> uh but no so Zinia, yeah I think it's very important to work with them one-on-one -on -one, but I love to hear that you do have a YouTube channel and you know work with people yeah. you know even with some zooms and stuff because I think that a lot of people across the world would be able to take yeah. advantage of that um like for, with myself and the team we have underscore Mike Muscle, Mike Muscle Mechanic he's actually our rehab specialist here in the states um so that definitely is one of the you know benefits of having someone in the team to be able to scope the planning and make sure that yeah. our training regimen, our nutrition plan, and of course your rehab and prehab, because I really want to stress that to anybody listening, you don't have to be injured to do this. Okay. You've got to exactly. take advantage of, you know, making sure you have the right mechanisms for your body, right. To actually fire up correctly. Um, and all of that comes from mobility. And so make sure you do your prehab work guys. Um, but yeah, so make sure you are following at least one rehab therapist that is credible and on actually, your social media pages. <laughs> while we're on that note, because Zenia is great at this, actually, we bounce 
people we follow off of each other all the time. Give us your top five at the moment. Oh, people people should be following yes, please, on please. Instagram because she's great at this. I'm enjoying my first, my number one, who's my current favorite that I'm currently working with is Knees Over Toes Guy. Hey, I love him. I love Knees Over Toes yeah. Guy, Ben Patrick. He's amazing. But I actually found him through her anyway. So, and she's also currently working with Range of Strength. Range of Strength. Who is associated uh, Lucas, with Lucas Aaron. Yeah. Um, so he does, he does stuff that's very mobility specific through yeah. range. So I really like the sort of stuff that he does. So it comes from powerlifting background, but now yeah. like very gymnastics based. So he like blends the yeah. like super heavy loaded shit with like getting to like full front splits, yeah. which is like mm -hmm. incredible. And people who have like, I really respect people who do that, but also have like a really, really solid strength base and are muscular, not these that. ballerinas who it's just like, they're flexible <laughs> and, and yes, they are strong for body weight. Absolutely. Yeah, but but in, in the industry of bodybuilding, like yeah. it's kind of hard to look at that and go, okay, well, can I even achieve it? But this guy, um, Ranger Strength. What was his name again? Or what was? Uh, what was Lucas Aaron. Aaron okay yeah he's Canadian yeah um who else do I have I have so many people I personally love prehab one. guys if anybody doesn't know about prehab guys they're here yeah, they so like I, I really what got rebranded they're okay. the ready state so this is okay. Kelly Starrett who has written the book um the out, out of the supple um, yeah out of the supple leopard or leopard is it or yeah, yeah, supple leopard. how to become a supple leopard he's amazing um yeah, and then who else would be our top oh, after I feel like I'd I really like from a nutrition standpoint, Luke Tulloch. Oh yeah, Luke's amazing. Um, yeah, Luke's amazing. Uh, when we're talking rehab though, like I feel like not a lot of people who's do. Who's your it. favorite person? It doesn't even mean social media. It's just who's your favorite person that they, anyone can look up and it's like, this is a uh, badass. One of my- um, Who would you love to meet? Who would you go to oh dinner God. with in your field if you had to, if, like if you could- <laughs> someone that you could take to dinner i need like we need like a round two so i can like think about it and not <laughs> too much pressure she's turning yeah. around guys <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, give me five minutes that's what i really love this in my sphere but they're like they're the top ones that i follow that i think are incredible um and i'm i'm a, like i'm very quite fussy though about who i follow because i don't like gimmicky influences so if they're just someone who's been in the field and they've just created a profile of themselves and then they've created a system and that's it, I don't love it at all. Won't get on board of it and don't find it credible. I like people that are still testing within the restraints of science and evidence-informed practice. I like people that are, you know, and have worked with at least professionals at certain levels and are all qualified and credible more so than I will. If they're gimmicky, I'm out. Yeah. Okay. So you, know, you go. Oh, no, you, you, oh, you're just going to oh, be like, just gonna I'm just going to be like, literally move <laughs> you. Anybody that wants to like see rehab or prehab in a way that is just funny. I find them fucking hilarious. And it's move called you. move you. And oh, I, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. You. I know you're talking about, yeah. hysterical. Like, I just yeah. think it's <laughs> but anyway. It breaks um, down rehab into a very dummy way. Like dumb, like anyone. That yeah. makes it fun. Yeah. Right. Um, 
So two two things or two people. Um, one is local to me. So he was my first mentor in the field of exercise physiology and his name's Paul Pegler um, from Start Training in, um, in Brisbane. Um, and they just have a physical practice. So like, that's just, I guess, the someone who I would go to and consider a mentor. Uh, but then in terms of like where I get a lot of my info from, um, Physio Network is an online uh, research review publication and they release like uh 12 research papers that have been summarized into like two pages and it just gives you the 411 info of it because it's like we are all in the field right so we don't have the time afforded to us to sift through 30 pages of one paper just to realize that it wasn't fucking relevant <laughs> and to be honest like i'm not i'm not the the stats data person who yeah. is going to go through and be able to decipher that i'm in the trenches so to have something like physio network available where it's two three pages max it gives you like three dot points of the key points the take-homes yeah. how you can actually implement that Relevance. into it so i've actually um fortunately been able to partner with them too so there's like i've got like a seven day free trial for any like coaches or whatever um yeah. if people are interested to have a look at that and you you know this is designed for the coaches and the physiotherapists and um yeah. all the rehab professionals out there um but they are honestly one of the best resources they have master classes where it's like hour-long videos and oh. they integrate the rehab with the performance very well you know though, i was just thinking as we were talking where are all the girls at? Yeah. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm like, I was just thinking like, hey, oh, you haven't mentioned a single female yeah. that's like, I mean, Kayla would be great. I would follow yeah. Kayla, but she's a... No, Xenia. Xenia's going to be the new... <laughs> in all seriousness. Where's the group for all of us? Yeah. Like, okay. what the estrogen people. I yeah. can't believe it, but there's not that many really great... Actually, now that you bring it up, Ali, I can't no, think of one. I'm just trying to go around right now and I can't think of really one. We're lacking. <laughs> to be honest, like, I mean, I really rate one of my, like, lecturers from you from the uni that I went to. But again, like, they're not um, like as vocal. Yeah, yeah, I feel like, yeah. unfortunately, sometimes the rehab side of things with people... Um, yeah. it's, it's yeah. hard because they stay in it stay in their um in their their bubble they don't they don't promote themselves yeah. because you get knocked mm -hmm. down and you get yeah. folk, like torn to shreds and like i'll have like that's you my have mission to have six kids. my mission i'm gonna be on the hunt now for some ladies female rehab. Wanna, yeah i'm gonna be on the hunt to find oh, and not just even rehab but like female mobility specialists and females that are pushing the envelope perhaps in that space because I really haven't seen enough of them. Um, but she's right though. I think a lot are very introverted and are very actually just yeah, more to themselves. And like, I really have came across more of that, I think in the rehab yeah. world yeah. Uh, or just physio yeah. world in general. Um, but no, I, with her, she's super spunky. Since I met her, she was like, oh, <laughs> she was just like, hey, nice to meet she you. She's definitely a personality and a half. I love it. This is why we get along so well. <laughs> I think one female who comes to mind is uh, Doc Jen Fit um and she does a lot of like calisthenics gymnastics based Ooh, stuff like um but she if you look her up the mobility method i believe is her system um but she does a whole lot of stuff on like she's a physical therapist in the states um and she does a whole lot on that so she, that's a that's a female who i think is really pushing um boundaries in, in yeah, the I like space it. yeah i like her. Yeah, I'll just give her a look awesome. up yeah sure so um, those referrals. yeah i like those referrals thanks Anya. 
So I think everyone that has any questions, perhaps for Zen post the episode, feel free to DM us and DM you know Zenia directly. We're going to be doing a lot more covering and content on our journey together in this next sort of six to nine months. So you'll be able to follow a lot of the stuff we do on my platform and Zen's. And you'll be able to see some of the stuff we're doing where we're progressing my range in particular in that hamstring and getting my hips quite, you know, um, mobile and opening properly because that's actually quite a common thing. Hip issues and lack of range there is a very common thing for a lot of people, especially when it comes to squat mechanics. So You'll be able to start to. Oh my god, that's actually Squat University is a really oh, good yeah. one. That's oh, a really very good one. Good one. Actually, actually, we missed that. Yeah. Squat University. Very good one. Yeah. That. Um, but again, no estrogen. God. <laughs> you need like Zenia, get on it. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna come back and be like, here's my top ten. Here's my top ten. Later. I feel like I'm, yeah. All right. So other than that, people, anything you'd like to see? Because Zenia and I did talk about this. We could literally do several segments across many specialized areas when we're delving into this. We wanted to be quite broad on the topic of introducing people to the scope of rehab and the assimilation of rehab into, you know, a proper training format. Um, first and foremost, but we can specialize in areas. So if there's an area you'd love to see a follow-up session from us, you know. Like specific mobility specific or blood flow specific. restriction training yes. or like yes. devices would be exactly. cool, like complex and stuff. Exactly, exactly. Um, and there's research behind yeah. all of these things. So, you know, we don't just utilize them because they're gimmicky and have great marketing. They're legitimately backed by evidence. So, that's where we will have and have used some of these things in my own personal preps to world stages again and again. So yes, we'd love to cover off that. So if there's anything in particular you'd love to follow or have us, you know, highlight as a feature focus, please let us know. But other than that, thanks for coming in, Zen, and for lowering your chair so I actually look tall. (laughs) (laughs) And we will do a photo at some point this week coming just to highlight my mushroom status next to said giraffe. For you all to understand, such a joke about this. <laughs> I legitimately look at her belly button. <laughs> uh, but thanks again, Zan, for being wonderful you having, having you. And we hope you all love her content. She is really, honestly, fabulous. I don't back really anyone unless they're the goods. So this chick is the goods. And um, and I encourage you all to follow all of her channels and platforms. And um, reach out if you want to ask any questions. Mm. And let us know anything you guys want to hear more of and guys, any feedback, we love to hear it. Keep sharing, tagging us in your stories and letting us know how we can, you know, obviously bring some, bring some knowledge, bring some, obviously some, some good advice into your life. um, And and subscribe, 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 subscribe to all our many channels, our YouTube, um, get on board our Instagram and then get across our um, Spotify and the various platforms that we are listed on. And then please rate us and leave us a review. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to see you publicly, you know, sort of highlight the things you love about what we're bringing to you. And until next week, everyone have a great remainder of their week. See you, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Queen Divas, Queens of Fitness podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Queen Divas Pod, on Twitter at Queen Divas 4, and follow our hosts on Instagram, Alicia at Alicia Gowans underscore WBFF Pro, and Steph at Stephanie Ayala 7. See you all next week.